Zion Baptist Church. Praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And this is celebrating 141 years. Uh, we just thank God uh, for blessings on to serve uh, this long in the community of Peoria. Uh, got a few minutes and we will be going live as we wait for Facebook Live to kick in in roughly one minute. Uh, so as we do that, um, thank you for those who check in uh, through the sermon apps, uh, through Facebook and Zion's website. Uh, we look at continue to encourage you and serve you uh, through this COVID-9 situation as we continue to be in our shelter in place um, um, and with that uh, we're going to focus the study on Philippians uh, looking to celebrate how we can still find joy uh, in this midst of the situation uh, though we're enduring some hardships we're enduring some trials and some tribulations in many different ways we still can find power and strength uh, through the word of God uh, so we want to uh, Look into Philippians and celebrating on that. Good morning, Zion Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us here on uh, Facebook Live. You can continue to follow us. Uh, we'll be also have the sermon information on Zion's website. Uh, we're celebrating 141 years today. Happy anniversary, Zion. Uh, truly has been a blessing designed to be here in the city of Peoria for over 140 years, uh, serving here in this community, uh, definitely here in the downtown area uh, we have been. Uh, so thank you, uh, Zion members. Uh, you're able to give online uh, through the app. Uh, you can text uh, 309-777-1055, and you can text the gift to that a number of that information is also on the website and our app. Uh, you can also give your church offering that way or through mail. Uh, we are grateful for your continuous uh, giving to the Lord what belongs to him. Uh, as we're going to celebrate our church anniversary today, kicking off our new study, uh, we're spending the, remain, uh, the time in Philippians. We're going to be in the first chapter today. Uh, primary looking at verses 1 through 3, uh, but looking, going to be reading verses 1 through 11 uh, for us. And we're still going to talk about how we still have uh, unity in our church and how we can be unified with joy, even in the midst of trials and tribulations. So we're going to talk about today how we can still have joy while we're going through some hardships, how we can look through God through prayer uh, as we're going through hardships and find out that we can still have joy and prayer in the midst of some bad situations. And so uh, may we turn to our God now in prayer as we just look to uh, honor him uh, through worship of his word today. Mighty God, we are grateful for you just being the good God that you are. Humble us before your presence as we stand in the honor of you. Bless us, Lord, in our homes and our secret places, wherever we may be gathering, that you and be glorified and magnified in all that we say and that we do. God, thank you for blessing Zion 141 years. Uh, thank you for many of our membership and members who have been members 
some uh, 30 years, some 40 years, some 50 years, some 60 and 70 years plus. Thank you, God, uh, just for their legacy, for their leadership. Uh, comfort us right now in your word. Encourage us. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining. Uh, if you open up your Bible, we'll be in the book of Philippians. Uh, as we Last Sunday, we kind of kicked it off looking at the Acts of 16 chapter when Paul and Silas were arrested uh, when they were in Philippi. And now that they have established a relationship, um, Paul writes back to this church now that he's in prison in Rome. And so kind of the background of why we're going to be focusing on this this text, this lesson, is because how we too are in shelter in place and how we are trying to find contentment, trying to find, as many say, the new normal, although we may be limited in our places, but yet our God is still able to minister us, to speak to us and encourage us and how we now can do those same circumstances uh, and these same circumstances still give God our best, uh, still redeem the time that we have through prayer, through worship, uh, through meditation, <clears throat> taking the advantage of the time we have with our family and friends and close ones, uh, rather be through media, uh, communication, or just you are in place with someone uh, that we can still have joy. In this place. And so, uh, though we may have some pain right now, we can still have some joy. So, hence, we're going to play on that title called Joy and Prayer, uh, as we might have some final songs about joy and pain. Uh, but yet, we want to find out that we can still have joy and prayer in the midst of whatever we're going through and dealing with. And so as we look at this, as we celebrate Zion's church anniversary, we also want to celebrate how we have unity uh, in the church. Um, unity is not easily given. You have to work at it. You have to participate in it. And, and Paul shows us one way to have unity in our church is having a healthy prayer life, um, having a daily life of prayer. And we will see the importance of developing a healthy prayer life in this letter to the church of Philippi. As we learn about prayer, we will also learn more of Paul and uh, learn more about Paul and his letter of friendship and encouragement. He writes to this church uh, in Philippi, the first established church uh, in the Europe area. And the introductory portion of this letter introduces us to Paul and Timothy. We, and, and notice that they are identified as slaves of Christ Jesus. Another way to understand Paul's uh, use of slaves is to understand him to be an instrument or a tool for the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He sees himself as Christ's servant, and he does not see this as a, as a, a loss of will or blind servitude, but a joy to be serving and having the attitude of Christ, which is another theme that is highlighted within this letter that we'll talk about as we continue to study this text about how we want to be slaves for Christ, have an attitude of Christ, to be instruments and servants for Christ, just like Christ. And so this attitude of surrendering of the will of God is a mind of Christ. In his introduction, he addresses the church and her leadership and a blessing for the church to know the grace and peace of what he says, our God, uh, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, again, showing how we have relationship with God and to know him as our Father, just as Jesus taught the prayer to his disciples, say, pray this way, our Father, 
who art in heaven. And so the joy that we have in our time of prayer is to know I have a direct connection and relationship with God. There's no waiting in line. There's no on hold. There's no way to get through. There's no buffering. There's no internet. It's busy. Please try again later. You have a direct line to our Father, our God, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this to know that God, as the song said, is a good, good father, that he is there for us. He's present for us means we can always call on him and serve him. So think about how every morning you wake up is another opportunity for you just to thank God, to spend some time with God, quality time with God before you start your day. And so this is how Paul opens up the letter. It says, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. And so this this letter is pointing out to them that they that he's showing them that may our God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And so notice the unity that he's pointing out. He says it's to the church and the elders and the deacons. Notice that he did not say the elders and the deacons first, but he gave them last because the priority was to the church. The church is the body of Christ. It's unified. There's no greater. There's no bigger eyes. There's no little hues. We are all unified to be together. And so Paul is encouraging them to work in unity, which is another theme that we're going to see later on as we study and break down this letter. He's pushing them to work in unity. And so he's praying for them to come together. He's praying for them to know grace and peace through the, the blessing and the relationship we have to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's excited about his brothers and sisters in Christ as he's writing them this letter and he's identifying himself as a slave. But also notice that he says Paul and Timothy. Now, Timothy is mentioned as he's writing this letter, but Timothy possibly was not with him. But Timothy is probably going to be bringing or presenting something to the people. And so it also serves as an introductory to Timothy that he is on par with Paul to be a slave. And now Paul never gives this title to anyone else or any of his letters except himself. But he includes Timothy as authority and encourages the, the, the Philippians to receive him and welcome him when he sends Timothy. We'll see that also later on as we unpack uh, this letter. And so there's unity through prayer. And so in Paul's introduction to the church, he shows us that he wants the leadership and the body to be together. And part of this unity comes together through prayer. And so he's pointing out how he has lifted them up in prayer every time. When we pick up here in Philippians uh, chapter one at verse three says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy for you have been my Partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Uh, First, picking up on on three, when we wake up every morning, I'm going to encourage you to give 
thanks. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And so who do you need to thank God for? You can thank God. Is it your children? Is it your spouse? Um, Is it your job? Is it that you have a house that you can lay your head? Is it because you are free of the virus? Think of things that you can just get some time to praise him and to thank God for who he is. Paul gives thanks for the fellowship he has with the brothers and sisters in Philippi. He says, every time I think of you, I, I give thanks to my God. And so we ought to give thanks every time we wake up in the morning. Just encourage us to remember, have a daily habitual prayer life starts with you choosing to do this every morning. But not only does he pray for them with thanksgiving, but he says, when I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. It's not a chore. It's not a burden. He's not rolling his eyes when he has to get up in the morning to pray or and he's praying for them in the afternoon or whenever he's praying for them. But he finds it as a joy to pray with them. Here's an offering that we should always offer prayer with joy. Now, here's the hardship. How can I have joy while I'm dealing with pain and I'm dealing with hardships and things are not going the way I I want them to go? I'm glad you asked some good questions this morning. We're going to try to unpack that and deal with that. But first, let me talk about prayer. Prayer is a focused conversation to God. Prayer to God should line up with God's will. God's desires for redemption should help us guide us in our prayer life. Paul's prayer for the Philippians. It does not involve the joy of partnership and preaching of the gospel. It also involves the power of the gospel. Paul also understands that his prayer is for God's people to know him and that God can supply whatever is lacking. Here's the other part I want to grab again about prayer. Prayer is, is in line with God's will, and God's will is redemption and reconciliation, which is the gospel message. And so our prayer time should have redemptive value. This will be something to be changing and transforming about our prayer. Our prayer should not be about how I can get something that's going to be better for me, but my prayer should be, Lord, what's going to be furthering your kingdom and transform me that I will be better for your kingdom. When we grow and mature by submitting to his will, then we see the change that we want to see happening in us that we could be a blessing to somebody else. Prayer teaches us to depend on God that he can fulfill our every knee because we know this from the 23rd number of the song, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So when we are in prayer and we have joy and surprising God, not only do we pray, but we, we need to pray in, in, to intercede. Prayer of intercessory is to ask God to fill a need for other people. Paul is praying for a need for the Philippians. The need for them to have unity, have humility, and for them to have a mutual concern, and for them to have fellowship and partnership, and for them to continue preaching the the gospel, and many more things you can unpack as we look at this letter, that Paul is praying that God can fill them up and supply their every need. That's the beautiful thing about what we can do. When we can't meet somebody's need, we can say, God, may you bless them. May you fill them. May you provide a way, trusting in God that he can do what only God can do. And Paul's also receiving their prayer. We see in, in chapter 1, verse 19, as we get on a little bit on, that he, he believes that if your prayer will be answered. I will be released from prison. 
And so, in a sense, we prayer goes back and forth, back and forth. And so not only do we understand what prayer is, that is a focused conversation with God, that we are interceding, that we're asking God to step in and fill some gaps and some lacks and some needs in other people's life that we know we cannot satisfy, but only God, you can satisfy. And we pray with confidence, believing that, God, you can do what only you can do. But not only am I praying for you, but yet I have an attitude of joy with prayer, with joy. You can encourage somebody and say you can pray with joy. Paul offers his prayer with joy. Now, here's the thing about joy. There are different causes for joy, uh, for joy from the effective work of, of God, of the Lord, of Yahweh, Adonai, is that he is going to give us victory in battle. We got joy because we expect to have a victory, just like Israel had joy, expecting victory. Can you think about Joshua? And and in the walls of Jericho, as they marched around, they had joy. <laughs> they had an anticipation of a victory that was going to come. And so when we understand that God gives us joy, that we can just trust him, even as we might be walking around. And things have not changed in our perception yet, but we have joy expecting to see victory in the future. I wish I had a few more amens in this house today to understand that while we're in the situation right now, I can still have joy because I see victory coming because we have victory in Jesus. And so the knowledge of this in, of this immediate presence and the nearness and the protection of the Lord our God, our Father, gives us joy to know that he brings Joy. Psalms 21 and 6 says there's presence and he gives us joy. And not only do we have joy because of what he's going to do, but we also have joy because of past deliverance that gives us hope of a future God that will do it again, what he's done before. The prophets point to this in Isaiah and in Zephaniah and other texts that we have this gift of everlasting joy because of our future salvation. But then in the New Testament, we have expression of joy because it's of Jesus. The, the incarnation of Christ brings us joy. The Gospels express this purpose of our joy from the incarnation's beginning. Jesus shows us that jo the joy we have is also a joy that we also should look to him for direction. As he endured our sacrifice, he endured the cross for the joy of salvation. So think about this, that even Jesus understood that I have joy even though I'm going to endure hardship, pain, and discomfort for the glory of Christ. And that's why he encouraged us in Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12 from the Beatitudes. He says, God bless you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. But be happy about it. Rejoice about it. Be very glad for great is your re great reward awaits for you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way. So we should find joy while we are searching and working for the kingdom of God. So let us prayer. Let us in prayer find joy even while we are suffering. Here's the situation about suffering. The early church, they suffered just for preaching the kingdom of God, for pro proclaiming the the message of Christ, preaching uh, the gospel. The early church rejoiced for suffering for the sake of the gospel. We find that in Acts 5 and 41. Uh, I, I see my own biblical imagination, them high-fiving each other and say, hey, we got set. We were beaten 
because we were preaching Christ, that we were able to suffer some way, form of Christ because they were whipped and Christ was whipped. And so they were able to identify with Christ being whipped for the gospel. Because, And this is the thing about this. Paul is encouraged to suffer for the gospel's sake. Because he is in prison because of preaching the gospel. He's in shackles because of preaching the gospel. But he will talk. He will not let that hinder him because he finds joy in the power of his gospel. And and that's why he talks about in this. We'll talk more about the power of this gospel and the future of this gospel, the joy of this gospel. So may we follow their lead and seek to find joy right now and see it in the future. May we wait for our total salvation to come, which will be in the future. Revelation 19, 1 and verses 3, 4, 6, and 7, we can look into those that we'll find out that we'll send a hallelujah chorus in the end. And I want to I quote this. It says that joy is an understanding of existence that encompasses both elation and depression. That can accept without submission events that bring delight or dismay. Because joy allows one to see beyond any particular event to the sovereign Lord who stands above all events and ultimately has control over them. And that is from the World Biblical Commentary of Philippians. And so I want to encourage us that as we are dealing with the situation, may we be like Paul and says, with thanksgiving and with joy, I pray. And may you pray, pray for your community, pray for those who are dealing with coronavirus, pray for healing for those who are suffering, pray for comfort for those who are dealing and mourning and grieving for loss. Pray with your brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that the more we pray together, we will draw closer together and serve our God together and know that this too shall pass. And one day we're going to see glory come and we'll have unity that we all will sing. Holy, 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 Lord God. Almighty, that we'll be singing the hallelujah chorus in his presence, knowing that he's going to come and all this will be done to be. He'll, he'll dry every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more pain and there'll be no more suffering. But while we're still here, we still have joy because joy is seated at the right hand of the father. Joy defeated the grave. Joy is, is, is exalted and high above all others. And in Christ, we have joy. So I encourage you to find joy and prayer in your daily life, daily, habitually, throughout the day. Give thanks with joy and pray. Thank you for joining again. God bless you. Zion, again, happy 141 church anniversary to you. Uh, You'd be able to continue to give online and give your church anniversary offering and donation. As well, you can do it through our app as well. Uh, uh, Feel any need to email contact through Zion's church website. Thank you. God bless you until we meet again. God bless you.